0: Hello, and welcome to the Episodic Audiobooks Podcast, where I, Con Lavery, read the books that I wrote to you, the listener. Now, this is a bonus episode, and for those who are not familiar, I have been doing a monthly short story on the blog uh, since 20, 2018, I believe, so at the time of this recording, it's been two years. And during that time, for a long time, I would do video recordings of me reading the short stories. And it uh, it was a full elaborate setup with a full backdrop, lighting, microphone, and I'd do editing. On top of that, I still do the artwork for all the short stories and then the improv synths. So it was a whole production thing that I eventually just got tired of in uh, 2020 and Everyone knows uh, what 2020 is like for a year, so eventually the short stories just switch to written word in their natural form, as a literary story is for. But with the launch of the podcast, uh, these are now bonus episodes that occur once a month. And I'm particularly excited about this short story, which is uh, the first to appear on the podcast, because this is a story idea that has been floating around in my head since uh, 2008, so around 12 years, um, and the short story treats as like a, a prologue to a much larger story. And the reason I never dabbled in it back in 2008 is because I truly didn't think I had the uh, maturity as a writer and the worldly knowledge to tackle such a such a story now. I figured might as well explore it in a short story, because that's the point of the monthly blog uh, short stories, is trying out new ideas, new narratives, new genres. And this short story, for those of you that are familiar with my past work, um, it's going to put a lot of light bulbs on and connect a lot of previously hinted connections in the books. So let's jump into it. This short story is called Ash. I hate dealing. I've been doing this since I was a little brat and it's way more work than the payoff. Every day we put our lives on the line in hopes that we can get a bump up in the ranks and a sweet pay increase. Still, I don't have many options. In this new organization, I've gotten the hint that the bosses aren't gonna give us anything more substantial. We have a role to fit and they aren't interested in sharing the profits. Bosses need workers, and druggies need their products, and the company's pockets get thicker. Let me tell you, when a new shipment comes in, it's time to hustle. This particular shipment that came in around like 2 a.m., which is fairly common. We usually don't know what day or specific time, your phone will buzz, and you better stop whatever the hell you're doing and get down there if you want to get a piece of the goods. If you don't, tough shit. The rest of the street crew will take it and sell it. At times, they'll despise you for it. Other times, they'll be glad to take the extra cash. It depends on the drug, the amount, and everyone's workload. The game is, sell the drug fast so the bosses don't expect you to front the cash. If you don't, say goodbye to your loved ones. I was half tanked this specific evening, playing pool. My girl came and visited me later and stayed the night. She has no idea what I do. I like to keep it that way. Way less headaches. Still, when you get a phone call at 2 a.m. after a drunken mattress tangle, she starts to raise an eyebrow. Maybe I'll tell her one day so she stops thinking I got a side piece or something. So, I sobered up, got dressed, remembering to tie on the white rag on my arm. Bosses get pissed if we don't show loyalty. What kind of name is Crystal Moths anyways? The rag symbolizes a moth, I I think. Whatever, it doesn't matter. They're the biggest players in the game and always have work. Most people would, and have, killed to be a member of the Crystal Moths. I don't ever want to lose my gig, no matter how much a bitch about it. The drive over wasn't long, yes, still sobering up. Even though Toronto never sleeps, you can get to the docks from North York fast if you know the roads ins and outs. I'm no fool and parked the car a few blocks away. I suppose if a police bus occurred, I'd be fucked. But if I had the car closer, they would get the plate. It doesn't matter. Eventually, I got to the docks to meet the rest of the Crystal Moths, our direct boss, A couple of goons, and a higher up that I haven't seen in a long time stood with 6th Street crew members. I was the last to arrive. It seemed, just on time too. All of them had some representation of white clothing. Shirts, bandanas, suits, you name it. The higher up, his name is Mastema, which I highly doubt that's his real name. Seriously, think about what kind of name that is. I grew up in a hardcore religious family and remember a thing or two. If you didn't, look it up. I know the street crew pretty well. We're all hungry to feast ourselves onto whatever goods there are. The boss has been stingy on the smack and coke, and that stuff sells for top buck. I know enough junkies who are willing to die to get their fix. Well that all changed after this night. Junkin' Lines aren't the only product on the market. Plus, this is just another job, another paycheck for me. Everyone has bills to pay, and you have to fend for yourself. Not to mention, I got to pay for my kid's child support. Don't even get me started on his mom. Whatever she likes to say, my work is no different than some corporate sleaze climbing their way to the top, squishing everyone they can. I'm just squishing junkies. Our boss was quiet, her hands cupped together, face cold. Like Mestemma, who was pacing back and forth, she was wearing a full, white blazer. What makes this pickup more interesting is that Mestemma was there. I think the last time I saw the guy was when he was recruiting me. The Crystal Moths are stingy with who they hire, especially after the incident in Edmonton. It involves some hotshot vigilante and the exposure of our plugs in the police. Since then, Mestemma personally screens everyone who is involved with the business. The stomach kept his eyes on all of us. He always looks sharp, dressing in expensive suits, long hair. His skin is so pasty and his eyes are so bright. They almost look white. Hell, the guy looks like a vampire if you ask me. I'd never say that to his face though. There are stories of him gutting people that say the wrong thing. Not that I've witnessed it, but I prefer not to find out. He looked tense, fiddling with his golden rings. This isn't like him at all. There's no point in saying anything because no one talks until a boss talks. I'd love to have a smoke too. Ask the other street dealers how they're doing. We're semi-close. I keep them at arm's reach with my kid and all. Small chat will have to wait for another time. The warehouse doors are slightly open where two guys come out wearing white dress shirts. They're holding crates. It must be from overseas or something. The two crystal moths dropped the wooden boxes in front of Nestema and took their place with the other goons. One of them was holding a crowbar. Mestemma stopped, walking right in front of the crates. We have something new, he said in that creepy, calm voice of his. His words did grip my attention. In these boxes, we have a particular product that is going to revolutionize our business. A few of us exchanged glances, having no idea what the boss man was getting at. I looked at our direct superior, whose gaze was on Mistema. Mistema nodded at the man with the crowbar. The guy leaned into a box and cracked it open, handing Mistema a black plastic vacuum seal the bag. This, Mistema said, is the future. No one else has their hands on this product. Except for. Us. What is it? A street crew gal, Syria is her name, asked. Way bolder than I am. I stayed silent during this whole thing. Mistema casually chucks the bag at her. Crack it open and pass it to your colleagues. Understand that because we have exclusive access, no one anywhere has tried it before. You will need to persuade our clients. Lace it, taste it with them, Use any method you prefer, as long as you move it. Saria peeled the bag open, pulling out a palm-sized charcoal diamond chip. She passed the bag around as each street crew member grabbed a piece. It was my turn, taking out one of these new drugs. It was brittle along the edges, like it was about to flake off, but had more of a leathery texture in the center, like a leaf losing moisture or something. This was organic, for sure. It's highly addictive, so be careful. However, I encourage you to try and familiarize yourself with our new product. What's it do? Surya asked. A devilish grin painted on Mastema's pale face. It makes a Frisco speedball look like child's play. Silence. We were all staring at these strange diamond-shaped drugs. I had never seen anything like it. The street crew, including myself, had so many questions about it, but most of us were too afraid to ask. I heard of frisco speedballs before. I don't know if the others have. Some of you are so young, Miss Demma sighed. It was a weird thing to say because the guy looks no older than the rest of us, but the way he talks, it's like he's lived past lives or something. I'm not saying I'm spiritual anymore, but I'm, I'm just telling you. Ever shoot up a concoction of cocaine, heroin, as you're about to peek on a tab of LSD? Mastemma asked. Silence. It's an exilient ride, he said. You have to be really ballsy or fucked up if you want to do that. I haven't, despite my abuse background, hence the child support. And there's no way in hell I was going to try this, this. Ash, Mastemma said is particularly similar to a frisco speedball but more cohesive more addicting and a lesser burnout we don't know the long term effects yet but that's why we're selling it isn't it you grind it until it's a fine powder self explanatory snort it smoke it lick it or whichever creative method works for you the effects will vary mistemma grabbed another plastic bag and raised it This is a historical moment, and you have the honor of being a part of it. One of the street crew members, Barry, smelled the ash that he held. It had no odor. Where does it come from? He asked. Not for you to know, Demma said. People are going to ask, what do we tell them? Barry asked. Get creative, I don't care. Demma said. After that, we chatted about prices and split the drugs. Two crates of this shit. We were pioneers embarking on something no one has heard of. It was the last time I laid eyes on stemma too. I'm sure he's off handling the business. As you know, this ash stuff has taken the world by storm and no one knows where it comes from. I still don't know where they got it or what the hell it is. Since that night, I just sell it. No way have I tried it. I'm clean now. My kid doesn't need a deadbeat father. Most of the time, I grind it up to disguise it, which makes it look like the color of uh, charcoal or ash. How much does it go for? The silvery voice spoke. I say, well, a gram can be 250. It depends on our supply and where the cops are at. My voice reverbs in the darkness. The moment holds. Look. I told you names, everything. We change our meetup spot every time. The elegant hand slides the glock off the splintered table back into the dark, away from the open black bag. I can barely see the gal sitting behind the beaming light. Christ, the brightness is annoying in these zap straps, she's a real piece of work. Who ties them this tight? A droplet of blood falls from my nose and onto the unfinished table, soaking into it. A reminder of when she hit me in the face and put me here. She reaches for the black bag, exposing her pasty skin and the glimpses of her blonde hair. I still can't see her damn face due to the light. The gal snags one of the diamonds and inspects it. You said organic? She asked. The ash is fresh enough that she can spin the diamond between her thumb and index finger. Yeah, I say. A leaf? Well, I don't know. It sure as hell isn't made in a lab. It's a scale, she says. A scale? Like a reptile? Yes, dumb shit. You can have them as pets there in the wild. Belittling me. She thinks I'm a joke. I'm not. I'm simple because I choose to be that way for my kid. So I say, okay, lady. Why hasn't the news said anything about that? I can see her smirking under the sharply cast shadow. She pulls on her hair in the dark, dragging it off. The real, darker hair is short, sweaty, and a mess as she drops the wig into her lap. She frees the wig, pushing the chain-linked light out of the way. Now, I can see her whole face. A young gal. Man, can't be much older than my baby sister. Mid-twenties. Her cold eyes and confidence say otherwise, like she's seen shit. She speaks. The news knows, but they're all part of the game. Everyone is fabricating this bullshit narrative. Give it time, and some independent studies will come out on the web. I brush her words aside and ask, you're clearly not a cop, what do you want? She leans forward, and I see the nasty bullet scar on her chest just underneath the tank top. You street dealers have no idea how deep the crystal moths run. She says, Scar, independent studies, mid-twenties, pasty gal. Yeah, no fucking way. I say, hey, I say it like without thinking, eyes locked on her. You're that girl, aren't you? The gal sits back, letting go of the light. It swings like a pendulum, casting sharp shadows on her now stone-cold face. Yeah. I say, now certain of my forthcoming claim. You exposed the cops out west with that video, the crystal moth bust in Edmonton, the journalism student with that website everyone goes to, Lola. The gal chucks a burner phone on the table, standing up and clicks the light off. Cops are on their way, she says, walking away. Her boots echo in the open space as I keep shouting, hey, hey! hoping she'll come back. That bitch! She doesn't listen! Eventually, the door shuts, and I'm left alone in the dark. Mistema is going to have my head. And that is the end of this month's short story. Uh, It opens many, many, many doors for those that are catching the subtle hints of merging worlds, and it's actually something I'm going to explore further. Um, Nanoromo is coming up which is the National November Novel Writing Month where previously I had participated and wrote Seed Me one year, Yagman another year and The White Hand in another year so I'm excited to participate again and explore where this premise can go so if you enjoyed it, share with your friends and I will catch you in the next episode Ciao!